Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. While I was on sabbatical, naturally I thought frequently and fondly about this church. We dedicated the new building on May 15th, my last Sunday before I left for three months, and that was a finish line accomplishment, at least that's what it felt, felt like. But what I found surprising was I didn't really think much about the building at all over those three months. When I thought about the church, it was you I thought about. It was you I missed. It was not the stone building I carried in my heart. It was you, the breathing, living stones. In his letter to the early converts in Asia Minor, oh, I didn't let you read. Wow, I was eager to go. I was so excited by the fanfare. Are you okay if I go ahead? Okay, I'll just integrate it. Thank you, Jennifer. Wow, this is the beginning of the fall. It is 8.30. I apologize. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, here's this, here it is in a nutshell. The scripture from 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter said to the Greek converts in Asia Minor, Come to Jesus, a living stone. Though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So Peter wants these converts to understand what their identity is in Jesus Christ. The root metaphor Peter uses to describe their Christian identity is to be the living stones of God's household. We too want to ground ourselves in Peter's understanding of ourselves as living stones. Ian and I felt the timing was fitting to engage our imaginations with this metaphor of the church as alive, not as a static architecture of stone and glass. We've all been focusing on the capital campaign and the construction projects for nearly half a decade. Restoring and refreshing this campus were the right things to do, to tackle, because our community's ongoing promise is to steward this abundant gift that has been passed down to us by uh, the saints before us and those saints who built these buildings invested in future generations. So it might seem strange after five years focused on this wonderful building to say, that's all well and good, but let's not forget the building is not 
the church. We are the church. We are the church gathered in this stone structure on the corner of Dahlia and Montview Boulevard. We are a collection of living stones that calls itself Montview Boulevard Presbyterian Church. There's a hymn in our hymnal called, What is This Place? What is this place where we are meeting only a house, the earth, its floor, walls and roof sheltering people, windows for light and open door, yet it becomes a body that lives when we are gathered here and our God is near. The church building is an ordinary place grounded in earth, the dust from which we are made and to which we return. The church building is a holy place made holy by the presence of Christ when the community gathers. The church building is a bordered space with walls and a roof that provide safety and sanctuary and mark off a distinctive location. The building is an open space with limited or unlimited access to and from the world. We go, we come in and we go out. We come in to be nurtured, nourished, formed, and transformed in order to go back out into the world as the living stones of a spiritual house, the living stones of Christ that proclaim the good news of God in word and maybe more importantly, in deed. So often when I tell someone, a person, where I serve as a pastor, they respond, oh, that's such a great church. And sometimes they're referring to this beautiful structure. And of late, that often happens because people are seeing the transformation. But more often, I've been told how great this church is because they've heard about the good work this church has done and is doing in the city in the nation, in the world, how this church has been involved in social justice issues, has not been afraid to take on issues on so many fronts. People know that this church is alive. Not even though, not even the precious pink rhyolite stone is more beautiful than living, breathing stones fulfilling their calling to love and serve our neighbors. Peter charged the new converts to Christ to embrace a new identity as a spiritual house not built by hands, but built upon Christ as both foundation and cornerstone. And there are three unique features of living stones. Living stones are filled with vitality. 
Living stones are alive, not stagnant, active, not passive. Living stones witness to a world that the Spirit is moving among them. I love this new Westminster Commons, all the glass. We are calling it the lantern because of all those windows. People on the inside can see the world on the outside so we don't forget why we exist. And people on the outside can see into this space, can see the light and life. This is no mere historic artifact to admire. Living stones are also solid and grounded, built upon one another, interconnected. They fit together in a unified whole, and it is in the wholeness that the Spirit dwells and through which the Spirit moves into the world. And the living stones are crafted into a household, Peter says. And a household offers itself for safety and protection and warmth and hospitality and comfort to its neighbors in need. The ways that we are kind to our neighbors, compassionate to the outcast, these are the spiritual sacrifices Peter spoke of. Come to Christ the living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen by God as precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, to a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. The spiritual house of Christ is always large, large and expansive. Jesus' house is not built around a particular building or denomination or a theology or a way to interpret the Bible or how we perform rituals and rites, whether we're high church or low church, or if we worship with an organ or with rock bands, I dare say. God's house is always broader than we can imagine, than we want to admit, because God is always pushing our limits our human impulse to draw lines, to create barriers that keep us apart. That's us. That's not God. I believe the vitality of the church's future is dependent upon our capacity and our willingness to become less rigid about the ways we do things and our ways of seeing things. The vitality of the church's future depends upon our capacity to transcend what divides and separates us. 
the vitality of the church is reliant upon our embracing and trusting and believing in our unity in Jesus. The foundation and the cornerstone of the whole house. So I propose we start using a more accurate description of ourselves as a faith community. How about we refer to ourselves as the church gathered at Montview Boulevard and Dahlia. The church gathered that offers itself as living sacrifices by feeding the poor, caring for the sick, offering support to the wounded, and sharing widely the gift of this physical space with, with people outside our own household. Here are some examples, just a few examples of how we share this space, how we currently share this space. We host, which I love this, the Daughters of the American Revolution and the League of Women Voters. We host Together Colorado, which is a community organizing agency. We host AA groups, the Boy Scouts, a preschool, the Women's Homeless Initiative, which offers temporary shelter for women. We host music and theater groups and so many others. The COVID quarantine revealed two important things. One, buildings do matter. We missed ours when we weren't able to be in it. And this building is a gift. But we also discovered that space does not matter as much as we thought it did. We were reminded that the church is more than a building. And even if the stones of this building crumbled to the ground tonight, God forbid, we'd still be the church. We are living stones built together into a spiritual house in order that we might bring praise to God by becoming living sacrifices of love, compassion, and vitality clustered around Jesus, the foundation and cornerstone of the spiritual house, a house that cannot be destroyed. I pray we find comfort and challenge in this truth. Amen.